Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the SysTaker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Colin Brown, and I am joined by producer Tim Unleashed. Hello there. Adam Tudor. Hello there. And a new voice of the podcast, Michael Upton. You're right. So what we're going to talk about is the uh, tournament we had over this past weekend at Element Games. We had 18 players out trying the new wave, new points, uh, and we're going to see what people flew and what they liked. Uh, I was TOing, so I don't have that much to say. So I'm just going to jump right to Tim. Tell us what you flew and how you got on. I was having an hour about lists for a little while. I took the Tide Swarm to IQ a couple of weeks back and didn't fare too well, so I fancied a bit of a change. Um, I had been flying Defender and two Sigmas at the club, but again, I wasn't really feeling the love for the list. So I've been looking at a couple of lists in the week. One that me and Colm were chatting about, which involved Denga, but as it turned out in the morning, I didn't quite have all the cards to hand. So I actually took an Imperial Aces list. First time I've ever flown a TIE Striker, which was Duchess, and she had Predator and Proximity Mines. The Proximity Mines were a bit of an experiment over the day. I had Darth Vader with Afterburners and Fire Control System, and then uh, Bob's favourite ship, Sunterfell, with Afterburners, Stealth Upgrade, and Predator. It all went pretty well. Uh, I really enjoyed flying the list, and ended up going 3-1 over the day, uh, losing to the eventual champion, Ed Ball, in the last game. But no, I really enjoyed the list. I think... Like the three aces, they kind of all rotated around being the star of the game and the sort of dunce of the game. So they all sort of took it in turns to either evaporate in a big sort of fireball or actually just absolutely schooling my opponent. Sunter fell was great, really enjoyed flying uh, Sunter about. Duchess was interesting, but I could see why people like the striker. Um, the ailerons or Duchess' ability to, to choose to whether or not aileron even while stressed is great because you can just fling the ship in so many different like, positions. So game one, I played Paul Watley and he was running double U-wing with Benthic and Magva. He had Ginnerso, Leia... Uh, I think it was just pivot wings on the U-wings and then there was Wedge with Torps and the usual sort of bits with him. We had an interesting sort of uh, gentle start to the game. We basically exchanged Vader for uh, Wedge in one turn and I actually won the game with the last shot of the game. It was pretty close on MOV uh, but I managed to just get half points on the last U-wing in the last turn. Uh, interesting game that I played, uh, game three, was Rob Gogatz, who was running Obi-Wan with Ricolet and uh, two arcs that I quite enjoyed uh, sort of as a list and one I might try myself, having the two sort of beefy arcs and uh, the sort of the two PS5 aces as such. Uh, that was quite an interesting list to play against. It was calibrated on Obi-Wan. Yes, it was, yeah. How did you find... Was that scary or... I mean, it triggered a few times, and obviously Obi-Wan, with his focus and his pilot ability, where if he spends a focus, he can pay a force to put a focus token back on, did mean he did have it. However, my aces... uh, So in all my games, I had the bid, and so I gave him initiative, which meant all of his ships moved before mine. So Vader and Sunter just basically just arc dodged around and ended up just uh, you know, bullying Obi-Wan. And 
although he had the green dice, all it took was a few bad turns, and he and he soon went down. Uh, they just didn't have the tank to sort of stay long game. But offensively, it wasn't terrible because he managed to get the bullseye a few times. With yeah. that, Tim, um, I can see he's got predictive shot on Obi Wan. Did that do much for him, or did you just find he wasn't using it? No, not really. I, yeah, I mean, I, Obi Wan wasn't that scary. I mean, Obi Wan went down fairly quickly. Just, I mean, positionally where he was. Also, I wanted to get his force mechanic off the board and. Out of the four ships I was shooting at, he was the easiest to kill because Rick had his double tokens and generally rolling three green dice. And the Arcs just had so much um, shield and health that actually trying to kill Obi-Wan was just easier. So he, he wasn't around for an awful long time in the game. Speaking of bid, which you did, you had quite. what was your bid? Uh, so I was running at 194. So not, four. Yeah, not not a massive bid, but I think every single list I played, I basically outbid. Now, what I would I would proximity mines probably wouldn't make it into the final list. They were a bit of an experiment, and actually, the only game that I that they had any impact was against Rob Gogatz. So I'd probably drop that down to hate. So I'd be running the list at one nine one probably. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's good to have the bid with with that particular list because with afterburners. I've got double reposition and still being able to like get offensive tokens out um, on most of my ships. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite good. I think it's a, you tend at Element on the weekends, a casual tournament, you don't tend to find big bids anyway. So. Not especially, oh, no. I mean, yeah. the, the IQ players who are up again, they occasionally will bring lists that have decent bids. But, yeah, I think certainly this weekend there was a lot of people running close to 200. And it was not quite nice for me actually just to be able to sit down and just let my opponents you know, move and do all their stuff and then I got up and did all mine. It was quite a, an easy way to play the game. Typical lazy Imperial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. Uh, I almost got to drop a proximity mine on, on Rick. But that turn, the turn before, I dropped it on an arc. So Rob was well aware of what was about to happen. So basically, it just drew focus away from Sunter and Vader because he knew he had to kill Duchess that turn. Otherwise, Rick was probably going to be into Hull just in the, in the position he was. But you know, I, I very much enjoyed the list. I, um, I'm possibly bringing it to club tomorrow night, but I am actually looking at a few scum lists that work on the same sort of principle of like a six and two fives or two sixes and a five and a roughly the same sort of bid and and we'll see how they get on at the club tomorrow. So Dengo might be making an appearance. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be good to get him out. I just don't know. It's like looking at the list, putting in another, a, a different five, like Old Terok or something like that instead of Dengo means I can afford a bit more on the other ships, whereas Dengo's mm-hmm. still fairly expensive. You know, even like the cheapest possible Dengo. Because, I mean, you've got to have him with the title, and then you're probably going to take him with a droid, you know. And I think, was it Contraband Cybernetics, I think is a must as well for just that one turn where you need to do, like, red manoeuvres and get some actions, or maybe you're stressed already and you need to do a red or, or other action just to sort of move around. So that would be an interesting experiment. Cool. Speaking of scum, Michael, you took a scum list uh, this past weekend. Did you want to give us a breakdown of that and how you got on? Okay, so I was looking at quite a few different factions going into the weekend, and I had no idea what to pick. 
and uh, over at the Fly Better podcast, the the almost joked about a list right at the end of the podcast, you know, just so he could fit this this in, in one squad. And I was like, wow, you can. And it was uh, Boba Fett and three Kirak fighters, which were cartel marauders and uh, not an upgrade in sight. So just four ships, no upgrades, and just quite quite a lot of firepower. Quite a lot of firepower, quite a lot of hull to chew through. And yeah, so I chose that. Um, had a couple of practice games with it the night before. I thought it was pretty good, pretty consistent. Not a lot to think about, which was uh, the main uh, <laughs> highlight of it. So, um, yep, and I ended up going uh, 3-1 at the tournament, which uh, I didn't really expect to do with a list that I've just picked up. But yeah, it was a really fun list to use. First game was against uh, Richard Gillett with two X-Wings and two A-Wings. Wedge Thane, Jake, and Generica A-Wing. And that game went quite well. I was a bit worried about getting outmaneuvered by some of the ships, but Boba is difficult to outmaneuver in a lot of uh, situations. Yeah, what was your general strategy? Was it like bring Boba up the flank or just joust, joust, joust? Or what, what yeah, well, it, it was joust with the three Kiraxes. Because like what else are they going to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I kept those in a relatively tight formation. You know, uh, made my opponent choose whether they want to joust it or not. And then Boba deployed relatively near them, but went went quite fast and came around to flank in pretty much every game, really. Mm. Quite, he was quite effective at it, really. You, using his re-rolls from his ability, you know, in, in the absence of any upgrades, and it seemed quite effective. Yeah. And just so you don't do yourself too big a disservice, your loss this weekend, it was to final salvo as well, so... It was, yeah. It was my uh, second game against uh, against Rob Gogax. Uh, second mentioned on the on the podcast tonight. That was a game where I wasn't really sure who to go for, the two mm. arcs or the uh, the Jedi and uh, Rickley. So, but luckily he he deployed them quite close to each other, so I could go through all of them at the same time, really. <laughs> and so the open engage, I ended up engaging the arcs mainly. I wanted to take out Sinker before uh, his other ships could benefit from Sinker's ability. I expected to lose a ship in initial engage, but I also expected to take down one ship, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't, unfortunately. So I was a ship down after the first uh, engage. And then it was a bit downhill after that. And uh, I think it all both admitted defeat. And then um, I sort of clawed it back, just with Boba being super efficient up close. The game ended with Boba on one hull. And Rickley on one hull, so that was interesting. I had to go very fast with Boba to keep up, to, so to stop his ability activating. Yeah, well, that was quite frustrating because a lot of the time in that situation, Boba doesn't really want to go super fast. It turned out uh, we both killed each other on the last engage, and then went to final salvo. My uh, twelve dice versus his ten. And uh, I didn't manage to win, unfortunately, that game. But uh, it was it was a tight one. Yeah, sounds like it. It's just it's a I like that list a lot. You know, it's uh, just a lot of efficiency. Like the Kirax are like they're not great, but like they're still three attack dice guns with a decent amount of health and two greens. Like you got to respect them. Yeah, and Boba's still good. So yeah, that's the kind of thing I was like, ooh, I might dabble with that. Yeah, well, my philosophy was that. Like, a lot of people describe characters as bad X-Wings. And before this, I was flying 40-70s. So I was thinking, 
three characters in a bow and boba that's just like four, like four X wings, but it's three X wings and but one of them boba. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I thought that, was, that sounds awesome. And then yeah. um, so my third game, I faced something that I really didn't fancy facing, which was ordnance and quite heavy ordnance in the ter- in the form of proton torpedoes and uh, proton rockets, because the, the Kiraxes, I didn't I didn't fancy my chances with that one shield. Mm. And no, no really defensive mods, and this was against Martin. And thankfully, I managed to avoid a lot of them by just getting into good positions where he couldn't, he couldn't activate them, and denying him the target locks with his e with Corrin Horn. He was running Wedge and Jake. I was lucky enough that I only, only, only at one proton torpedo, which actually one shotted the Kirax. So I'm glad I didn't, I didn't manage, uh, <laughs> I didn't have to face any more. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Yeah, that does sound scary. Like yeah. those crits, I don't like them. But all in all, you think you're going to keep flying it? I would like to. Yeah, there's not really any scope for changes in the squad, really, in terms of upgrades. So with only one point spare, put on a crack shot. A crack, yeah. <laughs> crack shot support. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun squad. Cool. And my final game, which was, which was probably the most fun game, was against Wilshard. And he was flying an equally scummy list of Guri and three quad, uh, quad jumpers. That was a very fun game. Very, very fun game. Lots of scummy, scummy jankiness going on. And uh, I ended up winning that game as well uh, by over- overwhelming Guri after after taking down his quad jumpers. And so they had that put me on 3-1 for the day. Nice. Congrats. So let's move on to the last cast member for today, Adam. Well, yes. What did you go up to? Well, I took with me a version of the 5A wings that I've been talking about a lot recently. I've been feeling with the other versions that I was really missing Lulo. Uh, Lulo was kind of the A wing that that drew my eye to the list in the first place, and I just was missing the extra punch. So the version was uh, two of the Initiative 1s, two of the Initiative 3s, one of which is uh, Zari and then Lulo. Uh, They all have Heroic and... Everyone except Lulo has optics. Um, that comes in at 200 on the nose. I I will preface by saying I didn't have a very good day. I think I went one and three. I kind of was just making silly mistakes. You know, when you play X-Wing and you feel like you're just putting ships on the table and you're just put you're, you're doing moves and you think, why have I done this move? What am I gaining here? That that pretty much summed up my day. But yeah, overall, I think it was it went all right. It was a bit of a learning experience with what not to do with A-Wings, really. And just overall enjoyed myself rather than trying to <laughs> trying to worry about winning. Okay. That's what it's all about, really. So after, do you think maybe working in a resistance transport pod or a transport or any of the new stuff would be worth it, or are you just going to stick with the A's? I think I'm going to look at it. I went back and sort of thought about how I could maybe fit in an X-Wing, maybe trade in some A-Wings for like a near num, quite tooled up. But I just kind of worry that you have to trade in two A-Wings to turn them into near num, which could be a trade-up if Nian does a load of work and, and kills stuff. But it could also just be like a massive decrease on the fact that you are just losing a ship and the A-Wings are consistent in their damage. It's just the possibility of rolling three hits is what they really miss. Like, 
that the consistency is great and it does win games because you kind of find that you've written yourself off a little bit and then actually four turns later you look at the board and go no actually i've still got quite a few a-wings on this table Mm. and i'm slowly chipping away but as long as your opponent rolls good of aids you kind of just feel frustrated a little bit but I, i do worry that taking away any number of A-wings is just reducing the efficiency of the list at its heart. It completely changes how it plays, I think. Like, when the A-wings first came out, I played three with Poe. And they become... what You play them a lot more like aces, or try to, and keep them alive. Whereas with the five, you can kind of just, like, you know, get in there and kill stuff and be a bit more proactive, I think. So I'm not sure... Yeah, I'm not sure about Nien. He feels like he just kind of maybe wouldn't add enough. He would just be an X-Wing. Two A is probably better, but something like Poe is because he's I-6, he can do his double action. He, can, he adds something a bit different. That's just yeah. my two cents. No, that's, that's fair. I wonder what you'd have to give up to fit Poe in an updated points list. Uh, optics. Yeah. <laughs> Lula, that, that really like, hurts the efficiency. Yeah. So, well, I was, when I was flying, I was making the decision between proton torps and optics or just a massive bid. Like, there is quite a lot of room there, depending on, like, I'd probably shy away from Lulo just because right. he's, he's quite expensive now. Yeah. He's the most points now. Yeah. Cool. So, that's how you got on. Just to quickly touch in on. Wave four. So both Jack Mooney and Darren Granger were there flying hyena bomber swarms. So Darren had five and with all the munitions, and then Jack had four with Grievous. And they both did quite well, both going three one. Is it Tim, have you got any impressions from that? Did you see it in action at all or talk to either of them about us? Yeah, I didn't get to see it unfortunately, but I did uh we did chat with Darren afterwards and I think he's Absolutely in love with 404 with uh, advanced proton torpedoes because, yeah, that six dice that he can get just rolling in, it, it just deletes ships, you know, if he gets it right. And it's, I think it's fairly cheap, like 40 odd points or something like that. I mean, what I'll do with the uh, the podcast show notes and on the Facebook post, I'll post up a link to the event. So if people want to check out the list, it's on Tabletop TO um, and you can go and have a look for yourselves. But it looks like, I mean, I mean, obviously, Jack and Darren are both, you know, very good players themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and if they seem to like the list, I think there must be legs and, and something there. Yeah. So I think 404 with the advanced protons is 36. Wow. For what is a massive hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, yeah, it's it's such a, I wouldn't say a throwaway piece, but, it, you know, if, if it's in your, if it's in the opponent's list, and you think you know it's you know perhaps not your priority. You might forget about it, and then suddenly you know if he gets into range one and lets loose with a volley, he had probe droids I think on one of the other uh, bombers, so he can yep. get 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 the target locks in. So get the target locks, getting some calculates, and then just rolling in with some nicely modded dice. Definitely, yeah. Especially now that Grievous has had his own points reduction. The fact that you can get those two in, and still like with with the toys that they want, and then still have room for 
a bit of a vulture swarm or whatever your fancy is with the separatists. I think that's that's potentially quite strong. Yeah, I'd like to see how they work with a mixed swarm. So you've got a few vultures, a few hyenas. That could be interesting. Yeah. Just proper toolboxy type stuff. And then, so both of you flew against Rob, who's using Rick Olay. Did you have any impressions from Rick? My worry is that he's maybe a bit predictable. You know, you know, kind of guess what he's going to do because he has to go fast. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, me and Rob chatted about it at the end of the game. And sometimes it's it's almost a bit like the defender with the full throttle, where you think you have to do a three, four, five speed to be able to trigger that ability to get your evade token. And so Rick is charging around. And occasionally, if you sacrifice speed, he then has only got two red dice and two green dice. And mm-hmm. then is is a lot less scary. I mean, two green dice, and if he hasn't got his full throttle off, say he does like a two speed maneuver, I think he he will just melt if he if you know his opponent calls it. But yeah, it's I mean, it was pretty decent when he was charging around and you know doing his, you know sort of I think three hard turns or whatever, and you know getting the full throttle and then getting his extra dice, but. When, when we played, because I was aces, I was probably doing spe- uh, speed three and speed four manoeuvres, so it didn't trigger all that often. Yeah. And the worry about Rick is if it's not triggering, he's just a very expensive Z95. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, I that um, his, his damage output wasn't great. What was difficult to really find against him was it, how it disrupts you in your thinking. How, like, you only want to do a two, but you feel like, oh, I've got to do a three instead. So more so from like a, a decent ship, it just disrupts your your planning planning phase really. Yeah, I mean that's something to think about, but also it might be worth just like leaving the onus on your opponent to make his ability work, and you just do what you're going to do anyway. You know, yeah. and just let Rick kind of get his one pass and then fly off for two and three turns as he tries to come back around. I think Rick is probably the the N one pilot you're going to see the most of. Uh, was at 42 points base for initiative five. He's pretty solid. Uh, and I think his ability really covers the glaring weakness that I see in chassis. Uh, outside of people trying to make handmaidens work or maybe some Padme or Anakin jank, I think Rick is probably the, the most common pilot. The issue, I think, with the N1 is the one that, like in the comparison to the, the Defender, say, because they both share the full throttle, is the lack of a white K, which obviously is a defender's signature move and, and everybody knows, oh, it's the defender, they're going to 4K. But it really is just that good that if Rick wants to turn around, he has to do a talent roll, which turns off his evade. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's massive, definitely. Well, he was the standout choice for people who wanted to bring an N1. He was the one that was there. No one of the other ones were there. So I suppose we'll just see how it develops over the next weeks and months. But for now, I think that's all we've got time for. So, goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. Goodbye from Michael. See ya. And goodbye from me. Bye. Sound. They try, we can't get talk around. Got ourselves a situation.